Welcome to Japanese London Living. I'm your host, Vanessa Villalobos, and I'm on a very simple mission to fill life with more Japan in London. I'll be uncovering practical ways to enjoy connecting to Japanese language, mindset, and lifestyle in our everyday lives here in the UK. In this first series, I'll be explaining the six steps of my Omoshiroi method to bring language and lifestyle learning together. Today's show is an overview of the six simple steps to turn slow and painful Japanese study into a fun and interesting lifestyle. If this sounds good to you, I'd like to invite you. To go over to my website, japaneselondoncom slash playbook, to grab a copy of the playbook which accompanies this series on the Omoshiroi method. Okay, let's dive straight in. So, I got some really rubbish advice from my mentor. A really experienced teacher when I first arrived in Japan. It was a sunny September morning, and I was in the staff room preparing to teach my first ever group lesson to teenagers. Honestly, my mind was as blank as a squeaky clean blackboard, and I asked the teacher to tell me what exactly I should plan to do in the lesson. She said, Oh, just make it omoshiroi. No shit, Sherlock, I thought, but how on earth was I going to make learning a boring foreign language omoshiroi for 30 kids stuck at their desks? Little did I know that what she said was actually profound advice, and I was about to spend the next 20 years of my life searching for the answer. So, the word moshiroi means both fun and interesting when we translate it into English.、Um, it can also mean funny. Uh, or amusing, amongst other things. And the kanji is an interesting combination of two characters, meaning surface or face and white. The etymology of the word is pretty interesting in itself. So, how is it possible to turn slow and painful study into a fun, interesting, funny, and amusing process? Well, they say that to learn a language is to learn a culture. And I believe that's absolutely true. What's more, injecting culture gives language context. But culture is such a clunky term. What is culture exactly? Well, a quick Google search tells me that there's culture with a capital C, that is, the arts. In Japan's case, tea ceremony,、uh, Yayoi Kusama, a popular artist who does spots on everything, or, or martial arts such as karate. 
And then there's culture with a lowercase c, what people do, that is customs, ideas and social behaviour. So going to a shrine on New Year's Day, bowing and saying yoroshiku is Japanese culture too. So making the learning fun and interesting is very much about firmly embedding the language learning and both types of culture into your own life. When you're learning a new language, you're up against a whole pile of obstacles. You've got a limited attention span, boredom, fear, confusion, information overload and overwhelm can rear their head. It's a wonder anyone manages to learn anything at all these days, especially when the average human attention span has dropped by over 30% in the last 20 years. Probably more this year. So whether you're a complete beginner in Japanese, or if you, like me, are stuck somewhere on the pesky old intermediate plateau, even if you're nearing the elusive peak of fluency, I believe that stepping back and checking that learning is still omoshiroi, is the secret to success. So step one is defining your vision. Why do you want to learn Japanese? Define your big why. It's the most important question of all. What is your motivation? What gets your heart racing? What attracts you to Japanese language and culture? Sometimes the motivation seems rather obvious. Some of the students I've connected recently to tutors of Japanese are learning because they want to take N2 uh, level Japanese proficiency test to get a work visa or they love visiting Japan and they want to be able to travel around confidently on trains and um, have a little chat uh, to the hotel reception staff. Or one of them is actually already married to a Japanese person. So even if you think you have a very strong reason to be motivated, it's still important to define your big why for yourself and give yourself intrinsic motivation alongside any extrinsic motivation. If you'll permit me a metaphor, I'd like to go with a tree, please. Knowing why you want to learn Japanese is the seed of the idea of all your potential Nothing grows without a seed, right? Your why is crucial, but it doesn't need to be deep or long term. It absolutely does not need to be an uphill slog towards the ever elusive fluency. And if you do want to be fluent, why? What does fluency mean to you? Step two is keeping looking at your personal vision and that's what is your Japan story. Do an inventory. Before we can go further, we need to dig a little deeper. Let's excavate and check out the root system. What's your connection to Japan? 
you might recall what was your first ever experience with Japan. That's the first page of your Japan, Japanese story. It was a wintry afternoon in Ontario and I was over at my neighbor's house. I was about 11 years old. She offered me some fishy snacks that her pen pal in Japan had sent her. I think the snacks were those tiny whole fish with almonds known as amondo fishu. Those are delicious, but I was totally grossed out and I refused to try them. But it made an impression on me. It was a first contact with the culture that I've never forgotten. I'll talk much more about my own Japan story later on in this series. But for now, look back into your past and list your experiences with anything and everything Japanese. Why did you like it? How did it make you feel? And what about now? What gets you excited? Cooking, film, origami, manga, fashion, muji, bonsai, anything. This is such a fruitful way of getting Japanese culture into your everyday lifestyle. In order to enjoy life more. Congratulations if you've answered the big why and excavated your story um, and thought about your interests, then you will have to find your vision. So you've got the seeds and this healthy root system that connects you to your learning. So moving along to step three, is now we'll look at your goals. So I'd say delete your Japanese learning apps and what to do instead. So your goals are the trunk of the tree, the firm foundation. So it's time to get very specific about what you want to do with language. Okay, I'm not really serious about deleting your apps. We have the technology, so we should use it. However, if you have been frustrated by your progress in the past, this can be due to dabbling about on apps without having first set your own unique goals. Don't rely on the tools to teach you, rather use them as stepping stones towards goals you've defined yourself. What Japanese language have you learned so far and what would be the next step for you? Think about the four areas, reading, writing, speaking, and listening skills. Also think about vocabulary and grammar, get specific. Do you want to read and write Japanese? Do you already know hiragana, katakana? Have you started studying kanji? Sometimes people really fear learning basic Japanese for a holiday, for example, because the writing system just seems too complicated. I totally understand, but psst, let me tell you a secret. You only need to learn it if you want to. Japanese can be written and rendered in romaji, which is Roman letters. So it's completely up to you. Now, keeping with this trusty old tree metaphor, it's time to branch out socially. So you learn to speak better Japanese by 
speaking Japanese. Who do you speak to in Japanese? Who would you like to speak to in Japanese? Look at your life, your friendships, and your community. Do you have a language community? If you don't, why not join ours? The Japanese London Conversation Club is a language exchange suitable even for beginners. Or if you want that personal attention to guide you, I also um, connect learners of Japanese to private one to one native speaking Japanese tutors. Apps will only take you so far, right? Language is about communication with other humans. Even if it has to be online, connection and communication is so important to our well being. Okay, having set our goals, moving along to step four get the resources and tactics ready to teach yourself Japanese. So you've got the seed, the root, the trunk, and you're branching out socially. The tactics and resources I'm going to liken to the blossoms, which will later bear fruit. Now, I know I'm not the only person in the world who has bought a teach yourself book and, in fact, not taught myself at all. I know for a fact that I'm not the only person because there's a specific word in Japanese for buying books, which you don't actually read、um, but allow to pile up, and that's tsundoku. Literally means stacked reading. It's true, blossoms are beautiful, but what do they actually do? My Japanese learning books, apps, flashcards, etc., are so lovely to have and to hold. But these blossoms will not bear fruit if all I do is gaze lovingly at them from across the room. <laughs> So, I know that the key to successful learning for myself is to take responsibility. Even if I sign up to a class, I am nonetheless teaching myself Japanese. The teacher or tutor will guide me along a path strewn with blossoms, but I have to tend to my own tree in order to get the fruit. So now it's time to get very specific and make the tactics which will fit into your lifestyle. For example, how many kanji will you learn? How? And by when? At what time in the day? Keep your interests and hobbies firmly in mind.、Uh, for example, if I'm tired on a Friday evening, I wouldn't schedule in a session to hit the books. I'll just Schedule in a Japanese film night and、uh, relax and enjoy learning a different way. So, step five is on the tactics and it's around mindset. Understand why people fail at learning Japanese. The main reason why people fail at learning Japanese is basically the same reason why anybody fails at anything in life. They're trying to eat the fruit without even having planted the seed. Skip the learning and get straight to the results. It's so tempting. But we know it's impossible. 
even if we could get a babel fish implanted in our brain, would we even want it without having gone through the process of learning it? We wouldn't be the same person. We need to fall in love with the process. And it's important to recognize the um, the obstacles, the, th- the thoughts that will stop us from going forward with something we want to do. So I often hear people say, it's too hard. Japanese is just too hard. Well, what that means is there's a vision, a seed of desire to learn Japanese, but it's not been broken down into goals and certainly not tactics. So when someone says, it's too hard to learn Japanese just for a holiday, for example. That's totally understandable. But learning just 10 key phrases can open so many doors of connection. A short, tiny, um, short-term goal is just fine. Another thing I often hear is that it's overwhelming. Now, this is often the headlong the result of a headlong rush at Japanese fluency without having clearly defined what that slippery term means to you personally. I mean, we all just want to learn as much as possible, as quickly as possible when we're excited about something. But people are often surprised when I tell them that I'm not fluent 20 years on, although my mum thinks I am. Shh, don't tell her. I'll talk more about fluency, what it means and what it means to me personally in another show. Another thing I hear which comes up as an obstacle is I don't have the time. So this means that learning Japanese is not a current priority. The decision needs to be an intentional choice based on your long-term life goals. As Lao Tzu says, time is a created thing. To say, I don't have time, is like saying, I don't want to. It's fair enough if you don't have time, but that means you don't want to. Step six is about the tactic of getting accountability. Now, this is the real reason why you're procrastinating on learning Japanese. I know it is for me. It's so hard to self-motivate. This year I had all sorts of plans, but it wasn't until I joined several specific online communities that I really started to make progress. This year I've taken courses and joined groups in uh, marketing, writing, podcasting, putting together online communities and also on how to write a book proposal. That was a wonderful course by Beth Kempton, the author of Wabi Sabi. And I met other people like me in these groups doing what I was doing with the same interests and the group leaders such as Beth kept us all on track getting clear on where we were going. This year, I've also taken on an amazing coach for busy mums called Re Justin, 
And I also have a private native speaking Japanese tutor for my weekly one to one lessons online. So I got accountability, inspiration, and encouragement. Major win. So please ask yourself who you are accountable to, who you're learning with, or list any classes, learning partners, programs, memberships, courses that you're part of. So that's all we've got time for today.、Um, I'd like to just mention again that if this resonates with you, this approach to making your Japanese learning plan,、uh, do head over to japaneselondoncom playbook.、Um, I've made the playbook a download. An ebook,、uh, but also I've made it interactive in case you don't fancy printing out anything or putting pen to paper. You can fill it in. And when you're done getting、uh, your big why, your interests, your goals and tactics down,、um, make sure you email them to me and I'll send you my feedback and any recommendations I have. I'm absolutely obsessed with filling life with more Japan. So, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a review or a rating and share it with your friends. Yoroshiku, onigaishimasu.